The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield. Talking the trade with us today, Tom Fitzenmeyer of Summit Commodity Brokerage. Tom, thanks for being able to come on with us today. As we take a look at our closing grain markets, a lot of grain still on the screen, so really a fairly positive week overall for the grain trade. But what I want to talk about here to start with is as we came into the close, we started to see some uh, selling in that soybean meal market. Could this spill over and cause uh, some weakness early on in the soybean complex starting out next week? Well, I think the soybean meal is is sort of uh, struggling anyway. I think you're you're starting to see uh, crush back off a little bit. You're starting to see competition from South America start. I, I, you know, as Argentina is a primary supplier of soybean meal, and as I think is that if the trade begins to get a little more confident that they're going to have a bean crop, then that that meal demand is going to go away from the U.S. The U.S. has kind of had that market for several months here, really. And uh, if that starts to go away, then then it's going to be a problem. Meal's probably a little bit overpriced, so uh, I think that's part of it. There might have been a little fun repositioning going on there today too, um, but I, I think mostly it, it revolves around Argentine weather. And Tom, right after the first year, that was something that a lot of brokers brought up: is that we could see some funds rebalancing their positions. Are we far enough into January that that has kind of moved out of the marketplace? I think this was. That 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 happens in five day. It's a five day deal. Today was the fourth day. They'll be they'll be finishing that up a little bit Monday. Uh, I, you know, it, it's it's very well anticipated. It's talked about for two or three weeks ahead of the end of the year. So I'd guess, yeah, I think you're right. It's probably going to fade pretty fast here as a as an issue. From your stance, China announcing that their hog herd has been impacted enough by African swine fever that they may also decrease their consumption of soy meal. They've changed up their rations due to the current trade war between the U.S. and China. Do you see that as a still an ongoing story that could impact the soybean and soybean meal markets? Oh, I think absolutely. I think there's only two stories really in those two markets, and that's South American weather and Chinese demand as far as I'm concerned. So... I don't think there's any question about it. It's it's probably South American weather is probably going to be important when we open up on Sunday evening. I would guess is we're kind of like in a somewhat similar to what a summertime weekend would be in North America. Looking from a technical perspective, what are some key points of support or moving averages that we need to hold on to right now to continue to support this market? Are you talking the soy complex or corn or? Uh, in, in the, we'll start with the soy complex. Um, I, I think we're you're pretty good support on the March corn down here on nine or March beans. I'm sorry at nine oh three nine oh four. If you break through that, uh, it, some say eight ninety, some eight eighty, but you know ten to twenty cents under that. If we happen to slip under those levels, so we're 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 above them by a ways. So you could pull back just a little bit. As far as March corn goes, I think you have to look at 373 as pretty good solid support. If you break under that a little bit, maybe you slip to uh, 68, but somewhere down in that range. Resistance in March uh, is certainly up in that uh, 387 range on corn. 
Now, the one that still saw some decent gains today, that's the wheat market, putting a nickel plus on a lot of contracts. What is behind continuing to feed these wheat bulls? Well, I, I think there's concern about in how how many acres we're going to get planted in, in the U.S. next summer. I think there's weather problems around the world with wheat. Uh, so all that, I think, feeds into to, to the strength in the wheat market. I'm I'm one of those that thinks somebody's producing wheat about every month around the world. So it's it's a little hard to tie in and get too excited about a rally, but um, that's you know it's going to bounce around and it you know, it did today. It wasn't so things weren't so great yesterday. So it's kind of just putting that what was lost yesterday back on today. And, Tom, the question I'm sure on a lot of producers' minds today, we don't have a WASDE report. Typically, that would be the big item of conversation that we'd be talking about right now, but we don't have any data from the USDA due to the government shutdown. So what happens now that we don't have a WASDE? Is there information out uh, of some companies trying to put some crop data together? I, I don't know. That, <laughs> I don't know whether you call it information or opinions, which are two kind of important different things, but... I, the general consensus that I get talking around to people is that they think that that corn yield number is going to be dropped to half to maybe possibly two bushel per acre. I think that's one of the things that that's underpinning the corn market. Uh, a lot of the general consensus seems to be there's going to be a slight pullback on on um, maybe half a bushel per acre on beans. The other thing is a lot of talk about whether this late weather and this fall is going to cause a, a slight reduction in harvested acres. Uh, so there's there's a general feeling that the numbers, if they would come out, would be a little bit supportive. Uh, I, guess, I guess we're going to have to wait and see if that is actually the case. Moving forward, if we do have to go out to February before we do get official WASDE-type supply and de- uh, demand numbers, what could happen at that point? Could we see some really violent swings in the markets due to that lack of information over such a long period? Yeah, I mean, lack of transparency and lack of information generally is is not good and adds to volatility. People are really excited about seeing what the export numbers are because there's a whole crowd that believes that there's been Chinese business done in over and above what what they originally said they were going to do in both corn and beans, and and we really need to have some confirmation whether that was actually true or not. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff percolating under the market that. Uh, and then we got a quarterly stocks report that we aren't going to get, which tends to give us an idea of what feed demand has been. Ethanol, I think, is kind of we have a fairly good handle on what that is, what that's been. But yeah, you know, there's a lot of unknowns here that that really people would like to have an answer for. Again, we're talking with Tom Fitzenmeyer of Summit Commodity Brokerage on the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealer on the Rural. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton, in for Susan Littlefield. Tom Fitzenmeyer, Summit Commodity Brokerage, is talking the trade with us today. Tom, in our first segment, we focused a lot on the grains and what's going on between amongst all the markets there. Let's move over now to the livestock. Live cattle and feeder cattle having a, a mixed day overall, but lean hogs taking some triple-digit losses here to the close. What did we see putting pressure on top of the hogs today? I think there's some disappointment in that market as well as what we saw in beans yesterday in that in that we had these wonderful meetings between the Chinese and US officials we've got all this talk about 
swine fever over in China, and yet it hasn't really translated to the sales that a lot of people were expecting. That's number one. Number two, we continue to have hogs coming at us. You talk to anybody around the country in the hog-producing areas, and they're just building buildings and expanding, and things are going great guns, and and I just think that continuously sort of keeps pressure on the hog market. Having said that, yeah, I, I, whatever whatever this break gives you, I, I, I certainly want to get wouldn't want to get negative because because that Chinese business is sitting out there. So I, I guess at some point we're going to take profits on shorts and 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 start to maybe establish some longs if it breaks too hard here. Over on the live cattle, when you start to look, especially like the April on the charts, they're starting to get above some of their moments of support. They're starting to get closer to these points of uh, of reversal here on the top side of their chart. How much further can this cattle market go before the bears really take over? Uh, well, I, I think you have to qualify that, assuming you don't have some weather issue, and that's always a big deal in the cattle market for January and February. That's when we get those nice pops up because of, you know, problems in your feedlots out there or whatever. Uh, so you have to be a little cautious. But uh, having said that, we're right up against resistance on this, this cattle market. And unless something comes along to boost it up there, I, I guess we're going to we're making spells up against these resistance levels. Uh, now, if, if we start breaking up above that, maybe you're going to have to cover those or buy some calls or do, do, some, do something different. But if if you're if you're a technician or you're watching resistance levels, we're we're right at them. Moving over to the broader commodity sector, a lot of people will kind of gauge where crude oil is is to the temperature of the the overall general commodity sector. And we've really seen a nice run up since about Christmas, but today we see a little bit of a reversal and crude oil kind of nearing back down to that fifty dollar a barrel mark. What does that mean for the general commodity market? I continue to think crude oil's in it's stuck in a trading range between roughly 43 and 53. We went up and tested that resistance. We're still a lot. We still don't know how OPEC Plus is going to come out with the production cuts and how they're going to try to, try to control production. We don't know whether that that sharp break hurt the hurt the fracking business in the U.S. a little bit. There's this unknown of the of, of just how great the economy is. What, how the Fed's going to act, all that stuff is involved. So I think we banged up against that resistance at 53.31 was a high in Feb today, and, and now we're backing off from it a little bit, and we're probably going to go back into a choppy trading range, I would guess. Tom, you brought up those outside market forces. The U.S. dollar index seeing a pretty good sell-off, but now it's again starting to creep its way again slowly higher. Is the U.S. dollar once again that safe haven buy with this government shutdown? Investors are looking to it to possibly hold some money until we get data moving again. I think that's part of it. I think part of it's Fed policy. You know, we had that we had that sell-off, and I mean, basically, the dollar's value is determined by a different interest rate differentials between the dollar and every every other currency and 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 we still in spite of the maybe the uh, dovishness of of the fed's policy going forward we still have interest rates that are um, somewhat higher than everybody else's and i think that's going to continue to attract value to the dollar now the dollar's going to fluctuate primarily against the yen as a safe haven play and I think with the stock market firming up this week, that you, you saw some some liquidation of of that spread. But I, I think the dollar's in a in a trading range here. Also, probably going to revolve uh, a few points either side of ninety five. 
And Tom, when we take a look, moving away from market factors, but talking marketing strategy here, when we get little days like today where we see a big sell-off and then we have some gain back to it the following day, depending on where a producer is in their marketing year and marketing strategy, how should you uh, handle these type of little gains? Should it be an active market or should it be a wait-and-hold type scenario? Well, I I think one one of the things, I think you need to go beyond that and say, what's going on with the basis? And I'm hearing some really good basis moves, particularly in corn and some of these tighter areas. So if you're a producer of corn, I think you really need to keep a close eye on that uh, and take advantage of that if you need to move some corn. If you don't, then I think you can be a little patient, uh, wait and see if this South American weather exports some of this other stuff seasonality uh tends to give you a little a little bit of a bounce here but like i said if you need to move some stuff uh, i'd be checking on the basis in your local area tom for folks who want to know more about summit commodity brokerage what is the best way for them to call you or find out more information uh, you can give us a call at 1-800-422-1122 or get a hold of us on through summitcommoditybrokerage.com Again, that is Tom Fitzenmeyer, Summit Commodity Brokerage, talking with us on the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealer on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.